Welcome to another episode of True North Nerds. Yay! This week, a little bit of everything. Uh, did we talk about the end of uh, Book of Mandalorian? Or Book of Mandalorian? <laughs> <laughs> wow, there's a spoiler for you, isn't it? Um, Book of uh, Boba Fett? I don't think we did. No, no it, it has happened since our last episode. Yeah, that's it. No, the episodes are starting to blend in together for Time me. Time has right no now. meaning. Yeah, and uh, we will talk about that, and we will talk about a bunch of other nerdy stuff because there's been a bit of news in the uh, last little while. So, a couple uh, of trailers, a couple of trailers, couple news events uh, in comics and otherwise. So, but before we get to all that, we have Kevin. Hi. We have Ryan. Hello. We have Jen. Hello. And we have me. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Brent. Ryan. Yes. What's in the news this week? Absolutely nothing. See you later. Bye. Short the episode. End. We're done. Your faces are sexy. <laughs> uh, let me bring up my list. Uh, Here we go. Um, well, I guess we'll just start with all the trailers. Hopefully you guys were watching them. I've seen a couple. The big game happened last week. The Superb uh, for Owl? For copyright reasons, you can't call it whatever it's actually called. Oh, and, the sports, um, the, the sports, sports fan convention. Yeah. Where all the co- they all cosplayed as their favorite sports people. Wait, wait, we can't actually call what it, call it what it is? No, we, we probably can. Because... But yeah, a lot I of places, why, why, why you hear them call it the big game and things like that is because... Um, is it copyrighted? Well, yeah, the Super Bowl well, is, yeah. is copyrighted. Oh, you said it! I know. Watch out, NFL's coming after us. <laughs> I thought it was that magnificent bird, the superb owl. What? No. Who? The it's superb an anagram. Owl. It's not even an anagram. You just move the uh, space. One letter. The superb owl. Ah. Anyway. All right. Jokes. That joke didn't go anywhere with you three. Nope. <laughs> 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 okay, let's start off with Jurassic World Dominion. Who saw the trailer? I, I did, but I'll be I honest, seen. I have completely forgotten about it. I haven't seen any of the Jurassic World movies, so I didn't bother with the trailer. You guys are killing me here. Mm. You make this so difficult. You know that, right? Yeah, <laughs> we try our best. <sighs> well, I watched it, and it was and good. What did you think? I liked it. I'm looking forward to the movie. There's people and dinosaurs all running around in North America and the world together. 
Oh, Should I did see that bit. Yes. What's it about? Dinosaurs loose <laughs> in North America with people. Is that I what happened? Well, it doesn't in the look last like one? it's just North America, though. No, I know that's why like it's in the world. The uh, well, quite possibly, right? Well, at least we know that they're loose in North America because um, at the end of the second one, that's where the auction was happening. Uh, was at that guy's house, and it was in North America. It was in the U.S. And then the dinosaurs all got loose from there. Um, now, how the rest of them would have got loose other places in the world, who knows? Guess what? We'll find out when we watch the movie, hopefully. You know what? I didn't end up seeing the whole last one because I think we were watching it and then it was late and I had to go to bed and then we never watched the rest of it. Or at least I didn't. I, so I don't even know how the other one ends. I, I fell asleep during like the last half hour, I think. <laughs> I've been on the ride. Yeah, I have no idea how the last one ended. But like honestly, the trailer <laughs> looked all right. It just looked like it was one of those things that like it looks kind of like they were course correcting a little bit from the last one, where they're like, you know what, we should really focus on is more dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that the whole point? That's why you go to a Jurassic movie. Yeah, kind of like Godzilla, right? Like the. The first Godzilla movie, there wasn't a heck of a lot of Godzilla in it. People complain. And then the next movie, there's a lot more Godzilla. <laughs> Anyways, keep going, Ryan. What yep. else have we got? Um, so Empire Magazine gave us our uh, first look at uh, the, the second costume for Moon Knight. Yeah. Oh, I did the, not uh, see that. I happened, I didn't. I missed that. Um, it was pasted, we posted it up on Facebook at one point. Ah, it's the uh, it's the Mister Knight costume, the yes. uh, oh, mask okay. and suit costume. It, and uh, we had a new good. trailer. Yep, that seems to give away a little bit more of uh, our bad guy a little bit. Yeah, and a little bit of more of our you know, the potential plot of well, at least the the multiple personality story points of uh, Moon Knight. So. Looks good. Yeah, I didn't realize that uh, Werewolf by Night was playing a part in the Moon Knight series, so that's pretty cool. Well, he's the first guy that he fought because. Uh, so, in preparation for Moon Knight, I've started rereading Moon Knight because mm-hmm. I've got the first two volumes of. Remember when Marvel did those essential books? Like they were cheap. Uh, black and white reprints of stuff but like they get they gave you like almost an omnibus worth the material yeah yeah so i got the volumes one and two of moon knight of that and it's interesting how they've retconned and changed the character from his first appearance because his very first appearance he he's still a mercenary but basically he's hired by this group to hunt down the werewolf and they give him the suit and say well wear this (laughs) Oh, and, and he's like, okay, and he wears the suit. Like, no Egyptian stuff, nothing. I, th- I think it's for like his first two or three appearances that keeps it that way. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so we had another look at that. So that'll you know that's coming to us soon. Um, we got a trailer for a movie I didn't know anything about, and I know you guys didn't either called uh, The Atom Project. It is a 
Netflix movie starring Ryan Reynolds, um, along with, uh, crap, uh, Jennifer Garner. Yep, and Mark and Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. I did see this trailer. I think Brent watched that trailer while I was making dinner or cleaning up dinner or something, so I heard it, but I have no idea what it's about. Well, the trailer doesn't give you a lot to go on, which is kind of nice. Yeah. It's... What what it does show is, so Ryan Reynolds is from the future. He's time traveling to the past we to, 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 to meet his younger self. And then time travels even further to pick up their father because he needs their father who has been, I guess, gone or something. But he needs their father to help figure out something or to stop something from happening in the future. Or And there's people trying to stop him. And they have, uh, you know, high-tech weaponry, things that almost look like lightsabers, spaceships. Yeah. Now, here's <clears throat> the question. Is the name just a placeholder because this is actually a sci-fi sequel to 13 going on 30? <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. Uh, there are There is quite a bit of uh, um, people on the internet looking forward to this just because it's a spiritual, you know, the whole calling it a spiritual successor because of the uh, the marriage between Mark Ruffalo's character and Jennifer Garner's character. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other kind of interesting thing about it is, uh, alongside Ryan Reynolds, this is the same team that put together Free Guy. Same director, ah. writer, and stuff. So it's, like it's their next project together, which is kind of interesting that like they've decided to work together on like multiple things mm-hmm. and the free guy was actually really good. Like it, it, was. it was better than I expected it to be for what it is. I've heard that. I haven't gotten around to watching it yet, but I have heard that it's good. I think Zoe Saldana's in this too. I think I saw her in the trailer. I didn't really keep track of that, but uh, yeah, this, it looks like you know, there's quite the cast in this movie. Trailer looks good. Special effects look solid, and it comes to us this March, I think. Yeah, so not very long. Uh, we got a new trailer for Pixar's Lightyear, the Buzz yeah. Lightyear movie. Oh, I think I did see that one. Yes, you did. It's, <laughs> it's interesting, <laughs> but like weird, all at the same time. How so? What, what 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 makes you think it's what makes it weird? Well, like it's weird in the fact that like if this was any uh, like if it was just a standalone movie, right? Yeah. Like it, like not connected to Buzz Space Lightyear. Spaceman Bob, not Buzz Lightyear. You mean? Yeah. yeah. Like it would it would look cool. Like it like change the animation a little bit. I I would be interested. Especially given the the setup they show you in the trailer of like they've been stranded on a planet for a while and stuff like that, but at the same time, like it's it's so they tied Buzz Lightyear into it, but it's not the Buzz Lightyear that we've seen over like how many Toy Story movies are there? For? No, and this is the Buzz Lightyear that the toys from the Toy Story movies are based on. Yeah, but even that doesn't really feel right, because this movie seems like it would be, like, this seems like it's the reboot of that movie that those toys are based on, if that makes any sense to you. 
Like, I still think it looks cool. It's just, it, it's odd how they came to this thing. Mm. Well, I can, <coughs> I can kind of under, like, I understand your point, and the thought, you know, the thought it almost looks like it might be too mature of a, of a movie to be the movie based on that those toys, but then think back to some of the toys we got in the 80s that were based on mature movies. Mm. Well, and, not, not even that. It just seems like it's like the movie that would have came with those toys is di- would have been different than this movie. I, 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 maybe I'm just not explaining it well how it looks in my head. Yeah. I think you're just crazy. That's all. It still looks good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch the crap out of it, probably, because it's a Pixar movie, and they haven't had a full dud. Yeah. They've had some haven't... stuff that I don't like as much as others, but there hasn't been anything that, like, wow, that was a stinker. <laughs> I haven't seen the last Toy Story movie yet. Oh. Oh, I I just watched that. It was good. No, I'm it's... sure it is. I just haven't. It's one of those ones I've, you know, you always hear, you have to worry with Toy Story movies. It's like, well, is this going to make me cry? Am I in that um... kind of mood for that kind of movie or not? I don't know if it'll make you cry. It didn't make me. It cry. might. It's it um. Might. It is it my moments. least. It's my least favorite of the four Toy Story movies. But that's not to say it's not a, a good movie. The uh, third one made me cry. Oh uh, yeah. But this yeah. one didn't. Um. This one feels a little almost unnecessary. Uh, but it does it was, it change wraps up the, things up. Yeah, and it changes the status quo of the toys too, which yeah. is interesting. I like it. Uh, yes. So um, we oh so for us so that we're watching Young Justice uh, season three four Phantoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a trailer for the second half of the season, which will be coming uh, up in the next month, I believe it said, and it looks good. You get some magic yeah. stuff going on. Uh, we see Dark Side and. I'm interested to see how all these plot lines are going to end up tying together. Yep. Right, because the first the first half of the season was what twelve episodes, and it was like three different four episode story arcs. There was the Mars storyline, there was the Artemis storyline, and then there was the Magic storyline. Yep. And they don't seem to be leading to the same place, but um, there are some characters in the background who have been sort of lurking. Yeah. Well, the magic storyline seems to be crossing into the Mars storyline now. Yes. With the whole, it looks like they're going to go looking for for Connor. Yes. So, I look forward to it. It's one of my favorite shows. So, I love Young Justice. Uh, More DC news. Uh, So, they didn't give us a full trailer for Black Adam, The Flash, or Aquaman 2, or, or, or well, we did get some Batman stuff, but we got um, a, tra- a a clip full of teaser trailers, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so boy, we got to see some new footage from Black Adam, The Flash, and Aquaman 2. Uh, thoughts? We got to see motherfucking Hawkman! <clears throat> and Dr. Yeah. Fate. And Dr. Yeah, and Fate's Dr. Fate helmet is super shiny. I love it. I I love the looks of both of those. Uh, uh, Hawkman is one of those characters that I don't think the comic books are doing right by half the time. 
So, well, he's just so, he's been so mixed up and there's so very many variations of him at this point that it's like, it's kind of one of those things that you sort of wish that they, they just put him away for a while and then bring him back out. Well, they, um, but, they do, they just don't put him away for long enough. Oh, yeah. they don't, when they bring him back out, they don't do it right. And uh, with that, though, like, the casting of, uh, what's his name, Aldous Hodge, I think? He was the guy from Leverage. Oh. Yeah, he's he's Hawkman. We, we've talked about this on the show, I'm almost sure. Yeah, yeah. I just have no idea who he is. Oh, yeah, because you've never seen Leverage, and I feel sad for you that you haven't, because it's yeah, right up your alley. Yeah, you need to alley. watch Leverage. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's so completely, good. like, 100% up your alley, Ryan, and you should okay. watch it. <laughs> um, but, like, it, I think he's good casting. Um, now that I kind of get a sense of what they're doing with Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, I think that's pretty cool. Um, did... The only thing is, did we get, is there any footage from the, the Shazam sequel in that? Like, there's yep. so many no. things that kind of flash oh, Shazam, light. no, we haven't seen, sorry, no, no. Black Adam. Uh, yes, because we see Black Adam, but that's not the sequel, no, no Shazam yeah. stuff, not in this one. Which is I why I maybe that saying. might take away from the Black Adam stuff. Well, the, the, like preview in some is, ways. the preview is just for movies coming out in 2022. Mm, true. All, all four of those movies are coming out this year. Wow. Which starts with Batman next week. Yep. I'm curious. The the it's one of those things that like I think the Batman is is trying to reach for something that we haven't seen done in a Batman movie. I'm not saying cartoon comic book or anything like that. I think they're really this is it really seems like it's like year two Batman. Which would be nice for a change because, it, in theory, it means we're not going to get uh, his parents dying yet again. Oh, we will. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that it'll there'll be a very quick flashback of it at the very least. But <laughs> I can't decide if, um, if I want to go and see this Batman or not, just because I'm just so sick of Batman. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, I, I am excited for the DC slate. I think it's weird now that we've got the um, the the Snyder Cut kind of stuff put out of the way, right? Like, we've dealt with it. We got the Snyder Cut. Those guys are kind of happy. Um, and they can just focus on making movies that aren't necessarily connected. It makes me kind of more interested in them now because I know they're not like beholden to getting Superman in them and stuff like that right so but uh, even though that like it like I wouldn't mind that but it's like the the Justice League for all intents and purposes is either done or on hold for now they're not really worrying about building up to that anymore. And I think that will give them a little bit more freedom to do cool things. It's a, like they, it's almost like they've gotten out of the race with Marvel and they can just focus on their own shit. Yeah. 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 You may have a point there. 
says he says to someone who hasn't watched the end of Peacemaker yet. <laughs> no spoilers. Didn't say anything. Um, we got a new Doctor Strange trailer. This is the oh, big here that we go. one I did watch. <laughs> Between the trailer and the poster, there's stuff to talk about. I've watched several YouTube videos breaking down the things that are in the poster. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I read an article that had, oh, here's a, a bunch of hidden things, and some of them I'm like, okay, I don't know how you are looking at this pixelated image and picking this <laughs> thing out of it. Yeah. It, it just makes, every time do. it makes me think of the scene from Mallrats where the guy's staring at the magic picture trying yeah. to see the sailboat. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's very much that, Ryan. I agree. Mm. But uh, do we have anything that we're sure is in that poster that is a teaser? Yes. I think okay, so, Okay, yeah. so lay it on me. Captain Marvel, uh, Captain Carter's shield. That's the big one. That's for sure definitely in there. Yeah. Nice. Which, given what we think is in the trailer, makes sense. Between the the tentacle monster who we who is not named what he should be named, and we'll get into that after we talk about this, um, and the fact that um, Dark Doctor Strange, shall we call him Defender Doctor Strange? Like, does he does he have a name? Well, that's the the one thing. There so are, in, uh, in, you're in, in about... the what if that was Defender Doctor Strange? I believe. Yeah. Or Supreme Doctor Strange, and then this one in the trip. If you apparently, if you watch it with the closed captioning on, it calls him like, uh, shit, not Defender Doctor Strange, like Superior Doctor Strange, or no Supreme. Sorry, Supreme Doctor Strange. There so are it may not be the same Doctor character. Stranges in the trailer. Well, yeah, and yeah, at least a couple. Hmm. So who knows no. what we'll see and get. So to to get everybody's mouths like frothing at the bit, we get a scene where Doctor Strange is introduced to um a group of people or, or a group of characters, I should say, because we don't know if they're all people. Well, he's he's led in in handcuffs by some mysterious robots. That look kind of like Ultron and sort of like Ultraman from the the Japanese like kaiju mm-hmm. shows. Yeah, I think they look more like Ultraman than 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 Ultron. Or at least the depiction of Ultron we've had up until yeah. now. And we hear a voice talk to this Doctor Strange that uh, sure as hell sounds like Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Oh, it's for sure Patrick Stewart. If it's Patrick. not, it's someone doing their best, their, a really good Patrick Stewart impersonation. <laughs> now, my well, thought I, is, I, is it's definitely Patrick Stewart? Is this some, Xavier. like, bullshit fuckery to throw us off well, of who else I, is in there? I am really looking forward to seeing Captain Picard in this movie. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> that would be awesome. I think uh, that would be a very nice uh, twist if if Captain Picard was one of those who sit above in shadows. <laughs> it's really all just one big hollow, uh, deck accident? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. like the, like, the whole thing. MCU. No, there's a Star Trek multiverse. 
the whole MCU took place on the Enterprise. <laughs> it, that's how they end the next phase. It's Barkley turning off the holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> end program, and then everything goes away. <laughs> and that's how they can reboot it with new Captain Americas and stuff in the in the next one. It's whoever wants to see the MCU next cast it how they wanted it cast. Yep. But um, so the the big suggestion is that the where he's being led to is sort of a multiverse version of the Illuminati who have been kicking around the Marvel Universe for a while, which is depending on which variation of it is usually has Professor X, uh, Reed Richards, Iron Man. Black Bolt and Namor on it, and and Doctor Strange. Yeah. Now there now, have, there have also been reports that apparently, um, the guy who played Black Bolt in that horror, uh, I won't say horrible, that not so great. Um, oh wait, so you're saying Captain Pike is going to join ooh, Captain Picard on more the fuel for, More fuel for <laughs> Kevin's theory. <laughs> Captain Pike is Captain, Captain Pike from Star Trek Discovery. It, it's the same actor. Is Black um, Bolt? It is Black Bolt in that oh, horrible really? show? Yeah. Okay. I didn't think it was, but okay. Cool. Yeah, it's Anson it is. Mount. Anson yep. Mount. But yeah, so I, I, I saw that this uh, this week too being reported. Um, now, how about the rumors that Tom Cruise will be in this movie playing Iron Man? Okay. I'm I'm gonna take the risk here of of looking completely and utterly stupid when it does happen. <laughs> uh, bullshit. And I here's why. Um, the, this started off as the idea. I think this is the internet grabbing onto an idea with the multiverse that isn't realistic in a lot of ways. Um, and and I mean just from a film business standpoint, Tom Cruise was like basically going to be Iron Man at a couple different points before the MCU was a, was a thing. Yeah. And that is why people have latched onto the idea. The reality of it is at this point in his career, Tom Cruise very, very rarely does a movie where he doesn't really have anything to do with it. He he like it's one of the, he his production company usually produces the films that he's in. He usually has a lot of say on who writes the movie, who directs the movie. That's why if you look at his credits in the last couple of years, uh, the name Christopher McQuarrie is in it quite a bit. Is he likes his work and he uses them a lot. Like he's uh, Christopher McQuarrie uh, was writer or co-writer of The Usual Suspects. And has since written for, like, Tom Cruise, I want to say two or three Mission Impossibles, directed one of them, and also uh, worked on both Reacher films. So, like, it's that sort of stuff that I, I, and not to mention Tom Cruise's price tag. Like, it's, it's very hard to, to get all of those things to sort of line together for what would more or less be kind of a glorified cameo. Um, and that's, that's why I think it's bullshit. 
I hear what you're saying, but I offer up, as a counterpoint, uh, I offer up Matt Damon in Thor. Yeah, but Matt Damon has a history of doing that. The, so, like, the only thing close that Tom Cruise has really done like that is Tropic Thunder. That, that, well, that goes to show that he's willing to do things like that. Yeah, I, I just... Uh, I don't know unless there unless there is a real big game plan to do something with him beyond this, which I I have a hard time believing just from, again, a cynical movie making prospect that Marvel wouldn't be trumpeting the fact that they got Tom Cruise lined up for like three movies. Like thing, like just from the the box office in China alone that they would get because they have Tom Cruise in the in a movie or two would be worth spoiling any surprise they might have. Like that, like Maybe it's the just Patrick one of those Stewart, things. The Patrick Stewart voiceover is uh, red herring, and it's really well. Uh, that is something that I've like considered and thrown out there. Like, I think it's Patrick Stewart's voice. Is he actually in the movie? Would they go that far in a trailer? Like, we know that they will screw with us in in Marvel trailers to throw us off the path. They'll delete guys. And, like, quite frankly, that chair scene, I don't know how many characters they've, like, erased out of it for the trailer. But I'm betting it's at least one or two. And like so, your your idea not out of the realm of possibility, but like, does that spoil goodwill that Marvel has gained over the years with teasing something like that that they're not going to deliver on in any way, shape, or form? Yeah. And just before we get too far from that, um, there was an, an image that was accompanying this rumored Tom Cruise um, cameo of uh, like him in uh, in like on the set in one of those mocap suits with Benedict Cumberbatch. And when you look at it, or at least when I look at it, I look at it as, um, as bad Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> with my, the, at least my professional opinion of, mm-hmm. uh, being a Photoshop user, uh, it looks Photoshopped. Right. The, the rumor that I've heard to go with it is he'd be playing, uh, what was it? Superior, Superior Ultra, Iron Man, Man, which is the, the warped version where, uh, Tony's not evil, but he's not exactly good. Like, he more leans towards the dark side of Tony's characters because it was now, part of that weird Axis storyline that they did. What is that Superior Iron Man? Or Yeah, or I well, it was Superior, called something. I thought Superior Iron Man was when a young Doom was when Doom had off because it was after oh, all okay, the. Okay, so what's the. Uh, no, and, I'm, the, that's what Doom's the in the shiny metal suit. Yeah, and that's what I've heard he's playing, but maybe it's not called Superior Iron Man. I thought it was. Yeah. I, like, I could be completely wrong, because I didn't really read the book. So. No, but, but I think it was Doom was kind of like how Doc Ock was Superior Spider-Man. That it was yeah. Doom was. So it's not, I mean, so there's, you go. maybe he isn't playing Tony Stark. Maybe he's been cast as Victor Von Doom. Oh, he's Ooh. too pretty to play Doom. I don't know, they've had a pretty Doom before. 
Yeah, yeah which, I, didn't, I, honestly, I, didn't, I didn't watch the movie, so I don't know how that worked out, but <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty. Oh, uh, poor Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, talking to Fantastic Four, there's rumors that Krasinski's in the film as Mr. Fantastic as part of the Illuminati. I, I like that Again. casting. I like See, him that, as, as uh, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, and we've heard that story for a while. So it wouldn't surprise, it wouldn't shock me at any rate. Right. It, it's just, it's one of those things that it's like, that's one, like, you know where they're going with it, right? They introduce him and yeah. they can build off of that. Having Tom Cruise as a brand new iron version of Iron Man is, I don't know where that goes. Right. But I, like, like I said, I could be setting myself up to look like the stupidest person ever when it happens. Now, it so. has been said that this movie also contains more uh, Marvel Universe characters than Endgame had, so. Wow. The one character we haven't talked about who we do know is in the movie and who we've seen in Big and Bold is America Chavez. Yes. She looks great. Mm. I only know her from Squirrel Girl. <laughs> I I don't even really know much about her. Have, have either yeah. of you two read anything in like that? Uh, she's been a I character. Have, in? I have not read an America Chavez comic. I didn't realize her powers were multiversal in nature. Yeah, like, me neither. I just uh, thought she was like like somebody who picked up the 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 kind of the ideal of Captain America while he was dead, sort of thing. And so, have you heard the rumor that the reason why Ned got portal powers in Spider Man was because the order of the film's releases got swapped, and when when Doctor Strange was supposed to come out first, it would have been America... If Doctor Strange had come out first like it was supposed to have, it would have been America Chavez, who was creating the portals between the multiverses. I hadn't heard that story, but it wouldn't no. surprise me. Yeah, uh, I, I heard this just the other day. And so when they, when they swapped the order, they still needed to have a character who could open portals to make the story work, and so... They're like, well, let's give that power to Ned. Yeah, but his portals weren't uh, multidimensional. Yes, they were. No, those guys were already wandering around in our wor- in, the, in the MCU world. They said, yeah. He well, he brought he brought Spider Man's one and two. Yeah. to the uh, or two and three, I guess. Oh to- yes, he made portals, but they weren't in other. Di- they weren't. Uh, well, other, I, he didn't yeah, take him from their Marvel universes. That, yeah. that could have changed no, had so. it have been America Chavez, whose yeah. power is making portals. Yeah. That's not her only power, though. She's, like, super strong and can fly and can shoot sparkly things. At least in the Marvel Rising comic and TV show, that's what she does. And yeah, she's super strong. Did I say yeah. that? Yes. Her, uh, I, say I don't know her power set. I have a doll of her. I like her. <laughs> You had a doll of her before you had any idea who she was. No, I knew who she was because I had watched some of the Marvel Rising and read some of the comics. Oh, I didn't think you had seen any of those before you bought those dolls. No, no. I'd seen them. Oh. Okay. Now, the real character that we haven't talked about that you see a lot of in this trailer is uh, is the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Now, I find it very... The, that one point that where they're talking and she makes a comment to him about, you know, you break the, the you break the multiverse and you're a hero. I do it and I'm a villain. I know I liked that point. I mm-hmm. don't want her to end up a bad guy. No. I, I don't want that. She's been through so much and she's she's 
sacrificed almost everything she has. Yeah. And uh, she's grieving. And now, I the thing with that, uh, uh, Kevin, is are those one Wanda or are there two? Well, there could be any number of Wanda. She looks at the end of the series. Yeah. She's, she's got one version of her is studying the dark hold and all scarlet witchy and shit. And the other one's like making dinner or something in this cabin in the woods or tea well, or that, something. No, I thought that was like her astral form. Like, you know how it, it, it could be. Yeah. But like when we see, we see her like walking in the woods, talking to him and she's in flannel and like, you know, in good old cottage <laughs> weather gear. But we, when we see her talking, doing that line, it's in all dark, scarlet witchy sort of stuff. Yeah. Also, we do see a scene in the in the trailer where you see her from, um, well, her from Wandavision looking at her kind of post Wandavision, right? Like on her knees, kind of like two worlds colliding, everything multiverse breaking and stuff. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens. Okay, I have a theory. You do. That it's yeah. a demon? A dancing demon? Uh, something isn't right here? No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Again, my references are just flying over people's heads today. Yeah. No, no. Um, I was discussing this with a coworker, and this is my... Okay, we're going way, with, we're going way out here in left field. Okay, so put on your you know, tinfoil hat time. Ryan decides to write the, the multiverse here. What if we find out in this movie that Doctor Strange was part of the, this Illuminati, but he doesn't remember being part of this Illuminati because in the MCU, at one point, Wanda has already done the No More Mutants because she did an M, like a House of M. And they did the whole course correction to put everything back and made the world forget about mutants completely to oh, make it so that people weren't mad about mutants and what happened. So, And then the events in Spider-Man with the whole breaking of starting the breakdown of the multiverse again has triggered maybe the blockages in people's memories and everything going on. And now people are going to start to remember, oh, wait, there's mutants. And then that's how we can introduce mutants into the MCU. They've been there all along. We just forgot they were there. So you're saying Wanda's already done what Strange did to for Spider-Man in the last Spider-Man movie. Wanda did pretty much. Mutants. Wanda Wanda did House of M, where it was like you know the mutants took over or something, and then they had to fix it. So like the mutants and the Avengers got together. And she did no more. And then they fixed it, but at the same time, she said no more mutants, or they did no more mutants, or something to make people forget about mutants. And that's why when Patrick Stewart's voice says, "Oh, we should tell him the truth of the whole story," it says something like that. I think we should tell him the whole, the whole truth of the whole story, or something like that. the line is something like that. That's trailer. not a bad theory, and. 
I don't know if this goes for your theory or against your theory. I so think before my, my jump, theory is not going to happen. It's you know, just Ryan making up bullshit. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but here, here's something to think about. So before Jonathan Hickman took over the X-Men comics, they kind of did that. They made everybody forget that mutants existed. And okay. at the time, that was my theory on how they were going to bring mutants into the MCU. Because very rarely does Marvel do something that big and like like in the comics without it being part of sort of a grander plan. And then it was sort of just dumped when Jonathan Hickman came on board. So I don't know if that like leads to your idea more or if that like maybe that was an idea that they got rid of at some point. Yeah. But uh you know so here's an interesting tidbit. Um the uh the name of the giant uh Cthulhu like eye monster that we see in the trailer. Cupcake. Yes. So his name is currently Gargantos. Which is weird because Gargantos is like apparently a monster from a, a Namor comic from like 1969 has like nothing to do with Doctor Strange. But weirdly, there is a creature like that that Doctor Strange has fought before called Sh- Shumagorth. Shumagora, yeah. So the reason why the name swap is because Marvel doesn't own that name. That car- that monster and character is a Robert E. Howard creation from Conan. Oh, I thought Speci- it was a Lovecraft thing. No, it's a, it, and uh, the Howard, I th- I'm trying to remember who owns the rights to Howard's work. Um, but the, they've confirmed that Marvel didn't even talk to them about licensing the name. Cause it, at the time it wasn't a, a big deal. Cause uh, it was, this was in the seventies where Marvel had the rights to Conan for comic book purposes. So there's a couple of things they've had to retcon like that over the years. Sort of like, you know, some of the stuff they did with Transformers and Micronauts and and ROM the Space Knight. This is another example of one of those things where they were like, ah, this is never going to be a problem down the road. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And I guess before we uh, really beat this dead horse... Uh, the last <laughs> real big, uh, I guess, internet brouhaha coming out of this poster is people are like, oh, look, see, there's Deadpool. What? Yeah. And it's one of these yeah. things. If you squint the right way and somebody shows you the close up and set, draws you the picture, it's like, okay, I can kind of see where you're getting this. Plus, there was a photo posted online on. Uh, Ryan Reynolds's uh, social media, one of his Insta, Insta or Twitter or somewhere, of him in a Deadpool costume that doesn't quite look like it looks similar to the movie ones, but not not exactly. And people saw this and then saw some of the people in the background, uh, particularly this one woman uh, that everybody was claiming, oh, that she's working in the costumes on Doctor Strange. You know, one plus one equals Ryan Reynolds is playing Deadpool in Doctor Strange. I almost wouldn't be surprised if that's like an end, like, credit sequence sort of thing. Yeah. If if it does happen, I don't see him being in the movie. Yeah. Now, Ryan has come out 
and is is denying it and saying no 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 I'm not in the movie no 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 I'm not in the movie but so did to- uh, so did uh, Toby and so did Andrew yeah so it's that that means un- unfortunately slash fortunately for Ryan Reynolds that means absolutely nothing yep <laughs> but if they did bring Deadpool into the MCU then I mean it would make sense if they were also bringing mutants into the MCU oh yeah because oh, yeah yeah. But I don't really see how the tone of Deadpool doesn't fit in with the MCU, in my opinion. Like they're they're totally they're different, like completely different genres almost. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I don't know. It's he's coming. He makes too much money for not to. It's just how they bring him. Like it, I, who knows? He might be never ever be like fully in the mcu either he might just be tangentially connected to it well he already kind of is well i mean if they bring mutants in he'll be more tangentially related because yeah because he's already done he's already associated or said that he's in the same universe as the x-men whether the x-men acknowledge him or not (laughs) yeah and even that's relegated to cameos really like the x-men that are involved in the deadpool movies aren't really in the x-men movies well, yeah. Like, or at least that well, no, because era there was of that, X-Men movies. Except for when they opened the little, door. Yeah, yeah, but that's a cameo. That, yeah. Like, that's a gag. Exactly. Like, the ones well, that are really the... involved aren't in the X-Men movies. Like, no. Colossus is, isn't the same Colossus. No, but he's kind of said that... I think if you're going to put him into the MCU, then you're going to have to say that that, was, that that means that the X-Men are part of it, too, because of that cameo. Whether it was a gag or not, and that's what I mean by they don't tonally he his movies don't tonally fit the current MCU movies because well, yeah, the, they the don't first break two the movies don't need to be part of the MCU. They, no. This Deadpool three could be part of the MCU, because but those ones aren't. Yeah, right. It's it's a weird sort of set. It's kind of like Kingpin, but then they would right? ha- they would have to change the way that Deadpool has been the popular way that Deadpool has been portrayed. And I don't think that they would risk that. Mm. It, it there's a balance you got to look at. Like Kingpin is an example, right? Is the Kingpin that we saw in Hawkeye was fairly similar to the Kingpin from the Daredevil Netflix show, but not quite the same. There were differences. So, yeah, who knows? <laughs> I I think that that's like much smaller scale though because i mean yeah there hasn't already true. been two blockbuster kingpin movies where we've established kingpin as this a unique standalone character but there has been for deadpool so that's mm. why i'm like well, i mean i could be wrong maybe they'll figure out a way to bring it in i just personally i don't it's like trying to jam a uh square peg into a round hole right now yeah but you could make the same argument in in the comics and because you know you you fit you have your regular spider-man comic and then all of a sudden deadpool's in it for uh, an issue or two and he's the way he is in his own comic where he still breaks the fourth wall and is deadpool-y so yeah but i i think that you can't really it works in comics, I think, better than it would work in movies. Because movies, even though they are not real, they are quote-unquote real life. So you still have to abide by certain rules. Yeah, but they've already been doing that in his in his comic. Really, all it is is he's nuts. He's not, you know, yeah, he's not. He's, 
we're the audience, so we we see him talking to us. To the rest of the, you know, to the people in the movie, he's just, it's just Deadpool. He's crazy. Yeah. He's been exactly. shot in the head enough so, times. Exactly, but that, then that doesn't, to me, doesn't fit into what they've already established in the MCU. Well, if anybody knows about pegging, it's Deadpool. That's right. Huh? Huh? R-rated joke. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. Yep. Damn it. Oh, yeah. Let's finally right. move on from this. You know, I think we beat that one to death. Yeah. Uh, we had some photos of uh, Michael Keaton in Batman costume on the set of Batgirl uh, reached the internet this uh, in the last couple weeks. On the set yes. of Batgirl? Yep. Yes. Oh. So I assume that Flash is already black. in the can. Good Flash sir. is already done. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he looks good. Looks like Batman. Like it's a, it's that eighty nine suit. Hopefully he can move his neck a little more in this one. <laughs> um, we got a trailer for Amazon's The Rings of Power, oh, and yes, it looks Lord of the Rings. Yes, I've been meaning to like watch that and I that trailer, and I still haven't gotten around to it. Every time I turn on the TV, I'm like, oh, I should watch that trailer. And then I forget. Does it look good? Yeah, it looks like Lord of the Rings. I like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> should be interesting. I even um, like the Hobbit movies. I enjoyed them, but not as much. I, I don't mind those movies. Um, yeah, the whole story was stretched out too long for me. But uh, I enjoyed the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy way more. I, yeah, no, I enjoyed Lord of the Rings more, mm. but I did. I still enjoyed the Hobbit movies. Oh yeah, a lot of people panned them, but I still thought that they were good movies. Hmm. Um, did we see the Rescue Rangers trailer? Yes, that I have. I have mixed thing. feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, it's a Roger Rabbit Redux almost. I was going to say, it's very much in the same family as Roger Rabbit, yes. Yeah. If there was one character I was not expecting to see in that trailer, it was Paula Abdul's animated friend, DJ Scat Cat. <laughs> that one, yeah. I was going to say Roger Rabbit, but yes, the, that that one too, yeah. Yeah, I'm, oh, that was just weird. And the number of DC references in that trailer. Did you notice? My ponies? <laughs> the, did you did you notice like at this scene at the comic convention where there's like a Batman cosplayer in the background? Oh yeah. no, I no, didn't see I, that. I, at I have all. to watch that trailer again. Yeah, there are some uh, interesting choices in this film. A film that I had no no real compunction about or interest in is now making me scratch my head. Going, I think I I think I better watch this. Yeah, yeah, I. <laughs> I don't want to be the it's going to ruin my childhood person, but I can't get over their voices. Like, why didn't they get Chippendale like people who could sound closer to what Chippendale sound sound like? <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I bet because in this movie, Chippendale Rescue Rangers was a TV show that Chippendale worked on. Yeah. I bet the, the voices that they did on the show were the voices uh, are, were voices that they put on. So yeah. I think you will. I think you will hear those original voices, but it'll be, um, it will be. Um, yeah, they'll go. <coughs> well, yeah. now that we're done with that, let's move on uh, to let's go have a drink down the block. We'll get some cheese. 
Yeah, see, and then I'm like, it almost, the trailer almost to me seems like somebody wanted to write an, maybe not R-rated, but like a, a AC-17 Chippendales fan fiction, and then they made it into a movie. Well, you know, like, mm, I'll still watch it. This feels like an Andy Samberg thing, right? Because Andy Samberg is playing Dale, I think. Right? So Yeah. It's uh, him and John Mulaney. Is, yeah. Is it not? Yeah, yeah. that makes like it makes yeah. sense, I think, Mulaney to be Chip and uh and Samberg to be Dale. And uh if those two are like had input into it, I imagine this is gonna come out something like the first of the new Muppets movies, the one that Jason Siegel was like, I love the Muppets. I want to do something cool with the Muppets. And I have a feeling that maybe Andy Samberg was like, I loved Rescue Rangers. I want to do something cool with the Rescue Rangers. See, and I'm hoping it's more like Jason Siegel's Muppet movie and less like a Chippendale bad fan fiction. Like, <laughs> because I trust Jason Siegel to do something like wholesome with the Muppets more than I trust Andy Samberg to do something wholesome with Chippendale. Really? <laughs> But well, Andy keep in Samberg mind, it is still su- under the, the Disney banner. Yes, and oh, Andy yeah. Samberg has surprised me recently in the past, so I am trying to keep an open mind, but I'm still wary. <laughs> like, um, I will watch it, but I'm like, hmm, you know I'm not what going I, in with high expectations. What I thought was a little bit interesting, and it might just be complete coincidence, the day that trailer came out, or like the the next day, I guess it would be the Tuesday following it, Rescue Rangers on Blu-ray is available. Mm-hmm. Like the like the entire <laughs> nice. series on Blu-ray. I'm like, is, is that coincidence or is it just like like uh, like we'll get them going right now? Well, it's oh, on sure Disney Plus. You can. I, I don't know if it still is. I'm sure it is, but you can watch it oh, all on I, Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not saying I would buy it. I'm just saying that like I thought it was interesting that like it's a brand new set came out this week. Yeah, I watched a couple of episodes and I'm like, hmm, I don't know if this might be better off living in my memory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I'm going through my my uh, nerd list. I'm up to 1990 and specifically September of 1990, which is when all of the, the 1990 was really the year that the daily after school cartoons really took off. Mm-hmm. And so the Disney afternoon show I'm watching right now is Tailspin, yeah. which does hold up surprisingly well. Oh, does it? Awesome. For me, it does anyway. There's the odd, like, uh, you probably wouldn't make that joke about Rebecca because she's she's a woman uh, kind of a thing. But on the whole, it holds up pretty well. So we'll see what happens when I get to um, Rescue Rangers probably next year. Hmm. Uh, anything else, Ryan? I've well, got yeah, a couple. We're, of... we're not done yet. Okay. <laughs> Keep um, going. Uh, so, well, here, I guess this one I think kind of I think this one fits. Well, here you go. So we have that Halo series coming. Yes. Uh, it's already been renewed for a season two. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't even come out yet. No, but I guess that means it tested what really well. So they've renewed it for a season two. Awesome. <laughs> um, so now here, this one is kind of a whole big grouping. I'll just kind of little, we'll go little rapid fire here. Uh, so Paramount <laughs> had their investor call. And so a whole bunch of announcements came out of this. Um, we have Transformer movie announcements. So uh, Rise of the Beasts, which is coming out next year, is now the first in a new trilogy. Is still uh, Michael Bay? No. 
Michael Bay. Yeah. He's he hasn't he didn't direct Bumblebee. He's not directing these ones. I think he probably hey. still has like a executive producer. You know, he probably gets money from them, but yeah, he, he's oh. not uh, he's not running them. That alone made it go up a couple notches on my interest scale. <laughs> um, well, Bumblebee was decent. Yeah. I didn't watch Bumblebee, but I, I yeah, I know. I, you should. Yeah, I probably should. The the the, the actress that plays uh, Kate in Hawkeye yeah. is the main. I love uh, her. Person. She's so cute, and she's she's great in it. Um, so we get three new factions to join the Decepticons and the Autobots. We get the Maximals, the Predacons, and the Terracons. So it looks like we're going very much into the uh, the Beast Wars era of Transformers uh, uh, storytelling now. Uh, we're getting um, we're also going to be getting a CG animated Transformers movie in uh, 2024. They announced. We're getting a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated movie, which we've talked about it before. It's being done by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Yeah. And then, but the new news was to join this uh, coming to Paramount Plus will be movies featuring uh, Ninja Turtle villains. So there's going to be like a series of like, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess one shot movies. Probably, who knows, they'll probably all connect. Maybe not. I don't know. They didn't really tell. But yeah. you're going to be getting uh, movies featuring the like, animated movies, of course, of the uh, Ninja Turtle villains. So that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. And we got, uh, oh, so uh, we got some Sonic the Hedgehog news. Um, number three has already been, uh, is being planned, even though number two hasn't come out yet. But I guess they're expecting to make money on this one because they've also announced a spinoff series for Paramount Plus that will be starring Knuckles, who appears in, in this upcoming second movie and is voiced by Idris Elba, and who will also be doing the voice in the, uh, the Paramount Plus series. Really? Idris Alba voices Knuckles in the movie? Yep. yep. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and we got a little bit more Star Trek news. The uh, live action movies are back on track mm-hmm. with the Chris Pine uh, uh, cast. Uh, Chris Pine and his co-stars uh, with production starting before the end of this year. Yeah, that surprised. that was surprising news. Yeah. Yeah, because it also kind of came out of nowhere. Because the the last we heard, like on the movie front, was the Quentin Tarantino movie that was that may or may not involve that cast, depending on which story you hear. Yep. Had kind of died, as do all Quentin Tarantino movies that he doesn't film. <laughs> <laughs> The the list of movies that Quentin Tarantino has talked about wanting to make and not actually made it, compared yeah. to the movies he's made is quite huge. Yeah. Um, and it just sort of sounded like, okay, that phase of Star Trek's done. We're going to focus on the TV content for now, which th- they have been for the last couple of years. But I guess something's gotten it going, and I'm kind of curious to see what it is. I think it's the TV side. Paramount you know, now that Paramount and CBS are back together and they've mm. seen how sort of, I mean, I think I can't say this with any sort of certainty, but I think Star Trek is what's keeping Paramount plus in business. It's um, definitely a major part of it. It right, might yeah. not be the sole thing, but it's definitely 
one of the big things. Exactly. So I think Paramount Movie Studios wants to get in on that action. Mm, very well could be. I thought. Um, so that's it. Other than um, a little bit of sad news that I've got to, for us to talk about, that's it for me. Um, in the last weekend, or I guess in this past week, uh, well, it was last weekend for us. Um, Ivan Reitman passed away at the age of seventy-five. Yeah, yeah. that's a. Uh, it's one of those things that, like, it, it kind of makes you a little sad. It like not just because he passed away, but for me, it's like what makes it a little bit sad is like that they keep. I guess probably because it is the the most relevant to right now is he's the guy who did Ghostbusters, which he is. Yep. Like, like that is not wrong. But he he's also the guy who did Meatballs and Stripes and Twins and Kindergarten Cop. And, well, and Junior, but we'll... <laughs> we won't hold that against him. We won't hold that against him. He also was... Uh, he was a producer on Animal House, which is one of the greatest comedies ever made. That can not ever be made again. He produced Space Jam. Um, and part of him producing Space Jam is one of my favorite stories of a director ever of passing the buck. Because he was originally going to direct Space Jam. And then he talked to Robert Zemeckis, who directed uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, about, like to get some tips because he, that's the closest full length movie that had been done at that point. And Robert Zemeckis just looked at him like, don't direct it, produce it. You'll make the same amount of money and it, it will not take years off your life like mine did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, then like he's. It's it's sad that he is gone because it looked like, you know, maybe he might get a second run. The uh, the unfortunate thing is he kind of stopped directing because his last batch of movies just didn't do very well. Um, you have Evolution, which I like, but I will also acknowledge Evolution is Ghostbusters with Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. I finally <laughs> saw that movie like a couple years ago and I enjoyed the hell out of it. But yeah. Um, my, my super ex-girlfriend is in ever. there, which is, I barely remember it. I don't remember That's it being good. terrible. That yeah, wasn't good. And, uh, no strings attached, which is not particularly great. Um, and then the last movie he directed was Draft Day, which is, uh, it, it's an underrated sports movie. I really, you know, I do enjoy that one. Yeah. Just because, um. Because it's that behind the scenes of you know of the, of the, that side of the sport in that that day that you don't see, and then I thought it was really well done. Kevin Costner's in that one; it does a good job. Yeah, and it, it, like it makes you wonder, like not necessarily that I thought these movies were going to be amazing or anything, but like what does that do to that um, twin sequel? that's been being worked on for the last like five or six years. You know, is like, is that now like done, done mm-hmm. <laughs> or will they continue on without them? Um, in some ways, what does that do to the Ghostbusters franchise going forward? Cause while he didn't direct the, the latest one, he did uh, kind of work on it. 
and he was a producer of it and sort of i think he was kind of shepherding it a little bit but we'll uh I guess we'll, well see. Well, they've got when... that whole Ghost Corp wing of Sony, right, set up. So that's to, to, to direct the franchise and the marketing and all the ancillaries. Yeah. So it's it's not going anywhere. And then I think if anything, you probably could, if it was going to start going something, like falling over, like disappearing, I could totally see a son stepping in there. So. Just to, you know, to, to help Shepard, like, you know, continue on his father's legacy. Yeah. Um, I've got some sort of, sort of good news in a sad situation that, uh, it's kind of a follow-up of something I brought up a n- number of episodes ago. Uh, as we discussed earlier, like quite a while ago, uh, George Perez, unfortunately has been diagnosed with terminal cancer and, uh, he, he is currently in a hospice, but it isn't like. It's not necessarily end of lifetime right, right. now for him, but it, it, from what I understand from the reports coming out of from the people who are be acting as his spokespeople right now. Um, but, you know, that's never a particularly great sign. So the good news is one of the things I mentioned actually uh, happened. Not, I'm not taking claim for it. A lot of other people came up with this idea, too. <laughs> But uh, Marvel and DC have kind of put aside their differences, and there is going to be a re-release of Justice League Avengers with a a new cover to it in trade paperback. The nice thing about it is, is this is actually coming out from the Hero Initiative, which is a charity that helps uh, comic book creators uh, with various things in terms of financial need, whether it be health issues that take up uh, a chunk of money or time that they can't work or whether it's just like falling back behind bills, they, they get helped with that. It's a charity that George has long been a supporter of. I believe he's one of the founders of it as well, or at least sat on the first board. So they, they're re-releasing it. It's going to have a bunch of content that was originally only available in the, the uh, more expensive hardcover edition. And it's it's nice to see that, like, the proceeds of this are going to the Hero Initiative. They're not going to Marvel or DC. They're going straight to charity. Now, the bad part of this, where you kind of hate collecting society a little bit, is that the print run for this book is going to be 7,000 copies. Um, uh, it, it's fairly small considering the scope and size of this book. Uh, I read an article today that basically it's um, it's it's not due to DC or Marvel being dicks about it. It's more in terms of just what's going on in the world right now with paper shortages and just COVID still being effective. And they wanted to and the the good slash bad is they wanted to get it out while George was still around so he could he because this was also something he kind of wished was back in print so like the turnaround for this is like we should be seeing these copies I think in March so like they oh, wow. were solicited like basically on Wednesday and cut off for the solicitations is Monday. Now, where you get the the bad part is that means not everybody's going to get a copy. 
Uh, it's it, the the worst part is is there's going to be a bunch of bullshit stores trying to get as many copies as they can so it can jump the price from because this is selling at your average trade price. It's going to be thirty bucks U.S. But we are going to see this show up on the secondary market, and a bunch of asshole stores are going to charge it at what will be market value. And none of that money is going to the charity. That's going into people's pockets, and that's going to suck. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it is a little bit of a minor miracle that this is happening at all. The hope is that maybe this will open the door to um, maybe not it being in constant print, because that that also, like, there's certain sort of numbers and stuff that you have to deal with when you're being a nonprofit kind of thing in this regard. And I I don't think you'll ever see a print run of like 30,000, but it might mean like, you know, every couple months they'll, they'll do another seven or they'll do five or six or whatever is deemed, uh, forward. So, um, that, so some good news and some sad news. Uh, I will fully admit I have, uh, gone to my comic shop and tried to grab a copy that uh, I was apparently one of the first people to ask. They don't even know if they're going to get one, let alone what's being asked of them. Mm. So I don't, I don't know if I'll get one or not, or whether they'll get one I'm hoping. And at least I know that that 7,000, all that money is going to charity and, uh, and it's definitely sold. These aren't going to be sitting on a shelf in the shop somewhere, just like, gathering dust and the money's not going anywhere. It, it, this money is guaranteed to the charity at this point, which is kind of awesome. So, and I, I hope I get it because it's been a while since I've read that story and I liked it and I like George, George Perez's work. And I, I would like to have that in my collection for like, you know, personal reasons. But. Well, yeah. I hope you get it so I can read it. Cause I've never read it. I have. I hope, um, you, I hope you get I, it so I can read it. <laughs> I believe I have, uh, the originals. It was a four-issue prestige format limited series. Yeah. And I think I have a trade of it as well. Oh, not, from uh, Kevin. Not well, <laughs> fancy pants Kevin over there. Yeah, that, that trade right now, Kevin, it, like it's probably taking a dip because of this announcement, but the, the trade itself is worth bucks, which is oh, yeah. weird for a reprint. Well, I, now, uh, I, I love that story so much. I love yeah. My favorite is issue three, where it's like the Marvel and DC universes had their crossovers annually. Like it's sort of an alternate. It's an alternate alternate universe. Yeah. And we get we get storylines, hints of storylines like um, uh, Black Canary running off with Hawkeye because Green Arrow's too stuck up, and uh, the annual JLA Avengers team up that either took place in the mansion or on the JLA satellite with uh, wasp wasp was usually like charming hostess that kind of thing i just thought it was so fun to to look at these sort of what if kind of brief snippets it was it was just such fun book such a fun book it makes absolutely no sense really like the plot don't oh yeah it's it's like a it's like two steps up from a fanboy fever dream really well, like it's it's well put together, but it's also like the you get your action figures. And, remember how you <laughs> felt when uh, Captain America picked up Thor's hammer in Endgame? You know yeah. when Superman picks up Thor's hammer in JLA Avengers? That's a moment too. 
that's a classic cover image with Superman holding both Thor's hammer and Cap's shield. It's just, you know, uh, I, I, I love it. I love it so much. And now, then he goes, uh, keep away and flies to the moon. Yeah. Now, I'm going to put this out in the universe because nobody's mentioned this idea yet. Probably because logistically it's too impossible to put to, together. But hey, I, I put this out into the universe the last time and it came true. So maybe it'll happen this time. So let's take this idea one step further and more into the collector buyer market for people like me who will pay for these occasional things. People at IDW, uh, Scott Dunbar, because I know you listen to the show. He, I don't know if he does, but I'm just... <laughs> IDW, talk to Marvel, talk to DC, talk to the Hero Initiative. Let's get an artist edition of JLA Avengers out. Those big honking hardcovers with the art at the original size with like the coffee stains and all that, like what IDW has been doing for years and doing magnificently. I might add, let's get a hardcover of that with some, at least some of the proceeds going to the hero initiative. Mm. Like I, I would pick it up. I like that. Or, or if you can't deal with Marvel and DC because of logistics, let's get a version of crisis. In, like so, I can see all of Perez's pencils in that scale. It's I, there's very few like I, maybe I'm getting to that age where certain celebrities affect me that when they're going to pass and stuff like that. And but like I honestly think like when he passes, that it, it's going to make me very sad. Because he's just like he's always been there since I bought comics. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Um. And uh, I'll add I'll add one more sad story. And uh, do you've got anything, Kevin? I don't know. Okay, so I'll add one more sad story, and then we'll go into some hap well, sort of happy news. <laughs> um. The other thing that happened just today is Tom Veach died. Uh, he was 81, and he's oh. not a like even amongst comic book writers, not necessarily the the most well known of names, but he is kind of an important one because he is the writer of Star Wars: Dark Empire, which yes, I saw this. Yeah, which in a lot of ways was what reignited Star Wars fandom back in 1991. Like it's not that it ever totally went away, but it like there had been nothing new for a number of years, and Dark Horse put out those comics, which are still excellent, and it reignited that fire under that brand. Hmm. Now, did he write the novels or the comics or a combination? He wrote of the both? he wrote the Dark Empire comics, so like the the first ones out of Dark Horse, uh, Dark Empire. Then Dark Empire 2 and then Empire's yeah. End. Dark Empire also, is the good one. Is because the, the, well, it's the best one out of the lot. There was also the because there was the, there were novelizations. Like there was novels of those of those. Oh, stories, is there? So, well, yeah. I'm unaware. The uh, the the comics are great. The I I'm kind of surprised Marvel hasn't reprinted them under that like Star Wars Legends line that they do trades under. 
just because it's really good. It's it's an it would have made for an awesome movie series. And realistically, some things that are now Star Wars canon, or at least at the moment, were taken from that book. Like the idea of uh, Palpatine cloning himself. And like putting himself into uh, other like bodies and things of that. that. That is one of those things that is directly from Dark Empire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a little sad. Now let's talk... A little bit about something that this podcast is going on that we're throwing into the news uh, area. Hopefully you're still listening. And if not, you'll be hearing an independent ad for this uh, later on in the week. Uh, In our grand wisdom and due to uh, just rising costs of everything, we now have a Patreon. Yay! Uh, we're at the current moment. It's a very simple Patreon. Um, we're, we're not going to be offering a huge amount of extra content. Nothing promised at any rate. There, uh, there might be some stuff that pops up here and there. But the idea is, is if you like the show and just, hey, if you like the show and just want to keep listening for free, cool. Understand? No problem. Uh, if you'd like to help us out, uh, we just like a couple bucks to help us sort of keep the lights on would be really appreciated. Uh, Jen, could you kind of explain the the tiers that we've got going? <laughs> Not that there's many. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we just have the one tier. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if we had one or two. Bring it up. So you have to go to Patreon.com/slash/TrueNorthNerds. Um, I believe we currently, well, I'm logged in, so I can't see what it looks like. <sighs> Hang on, let me log out. Log out. All right, so currently we have just one tier, uh, so $3 Canadian per month, uh, and it's just a thank you, general support. Um, there is the option for us to blog on here, too, which we might do at some point, and um, this goes for all of the shows in the True North Nerds Network. So, you know, uh, if you enjoy listening to Tales from the Collectorverse with Ryan and Ed, um, or if you want to go back and listen to some old episodes of Sailor Snacking, um, all of the, any contributions that we get in our Patreon will go to uh, keeping all those shows going. Um, So, yeah, as Brent said, we appreciate it if you can uh, help us out in any way. Um, If you can't, that's awesome. Thank you for still listening. But if you have any ideas for membership levels that you would like to see in the future, just let us know. Yep. So just to reiterate what the money is going to, it's um, unless any of you uh, plan to give us a ton of money for (laughs) whatever reason, uh, what the money is going to be used for is uh, for the most part, it's just going to take care of our hosting and sort of like technical aspects um, paying uh, theme song rights. Uh, Kirby Crackle has been very, very good to us by letting us use their music as uh, our theme song. And Kyle's been great. And he offers it up at a uh, very discounted price for what you would normally be paying. I will be completely honest with you. Uh, it's just out of a sense of decency at this point that we we talk to him because um, – I don't think Kyle remembers that he makes this deal anytime I talk to him. 
<laughs> so we, we, I, I talk to him once a year. He goes, yeah, no problem. I send him the money, and we, we legally have the rights to use the the song for another year. Um, and we're we're very happy that he does that. But it again costs a couple bucks. It's not. It doesn't cost a huge amount of money to keep the show going, but like any little bit would sort of help ease the uh, the wallets a little bit for doing that. And like, hey, if the the thing is, is we know there we have quite a few listeners. Um, we also know that you are all very quiet, which is which is fine. I get it. Um, because of that, we like. We, what we would like to do with the the money if we got extra, like say if we got more than what it costs for our hosting for a year and all that sort of stuff is we will use it towards things for the show. So uh, it could be used for transportation money for us to go to conventions. It could be used for us for, you know, the, doing stuff along those kind of lines on a whole um, or maybe merchandise and stuff like that so it's we're we're doing the one tier for now as a trial and it, hey if you guys would be willing to pay more for um more like kind of bonus content we'd be more than willing to hear about it and and try and figure it out if we could if there's enough of you that we could make this full-time jobs for at least a couple of us <laughs> uh, that'd be pretty awesome, but uh, we're we're also not holding our breath on it. Like realistically, <laughs> if we could get enough to cover our hosting, we'd be really happy, and it would make uh, running the show just a little, just a little bit easier and allow us to do some a couple other things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, you uh, will probably mention it again at the end of this episode, and then uh, you will occasionally hear promos for it on this show and other shows once I get the promo finished. And then uh, you know, hopefully uh, one or two of you can uh, help us out a little bit. And and I also don't want to make it sound like we're poor. <laughs> we are poor, but we're not like none of us are homeless yet or anything like that. Uh, the, the show yeah. is not going anywhere. Um, yeah. the, there will the show still will be continue to be free. We, yes. we enjoy doing it. Yes. As long as you want to keep listening to it, we'll be here making it. But if you want to throw a couple, uh, if you want to throw some coins at your podcasters, we'll gladly accept them. <laughs> See, so, Jen uh, got it. I got, I got it. it. It was a witchery reference. Yep. See, my jokes I don't land flat. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. That was, that was a good one, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Your check's in the mail. <laughs> oh, there's the secret. You have to pay them to laugh. <laughs> Doesn't hurt. all right so uh to end this episode off uh the book of as i keep calling it the book of mandalorian ended uh in between episodes um well let's start with kevin (laughs) because i think out of all of us kevin was the i i don't know how to put it least enthusiastic while the show was going i probably still am I that's don't, okay you like I what you like know. i mean i did like it but i don't know what the point of it was like mm. was the point we can't get pedro pascal 
for long enough to do seven or six or seven episodes of the Mandalorian. So we'll hire him to do three and call it something else and pad it out with storyline because the story didn't really like there were two full episodes of this show that the title character didn't even appear here. Yeah. Uh, and they were arguably the best episodes. Exactly. So what, <laughs> like, what's the point? Like, I don't, I don't know what the point was. It seems to me that I heard this said um, in another discussion somewhere else that that of the new Star Wars stuff that we've gotten in the last 10 years, the stuff that is actually new is what's been exciting, right? Like when you look at the movies that have come out over the last few years, we can all agree Rogue One was a really fun movie, didn't have a single character in it that we knew. Then they go and make Solo, and it's like, did we really need to know this? When it comes to television, they first they give us Mandalorian, which is a show about a character that we knew nothing about. He was brand new for this for this uh, time period. And then they follow it up with Boba Fett, a character that we've known since 1983, and it doesn't live up to it, to what, to what our expectations are. So when it comes to Star Wars... I say keep giving us new things and uh, let's not worry so much about letting us know what's been going on with some of our favorite characters. This this leads me to be a little bit wary about Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. Uh, you know, I just I just I want it to be great and it was mostly just adequate. Now having said that, it was fun to see Boba Fett ride a rancor through yeah. the streets of Mos Eisley. The rancor should have just eaten more people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, adding to your to your argument, Kevin, you could say the same thing about the prequel movies. It's like nobody cared about Darth Vader as a kid. No. <laughs> exactly. When they try to explain something to us, it falls flat. When they give us something brand new, it is fun and exciting. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Thank you. Uh, Ryan... Uh, what did you think by the time all, it was all said and done? Uh, well, like everyone else, I found myself enjoying the Mandalorian episode um, a lot. You know, I guess it seemed like a, a breath of fresh air after watching the first few episodes of Book of Boba Fett. Not that there was anything wrong with them, but it just, it was like, Oh, now we're under the Mandalorian, and we get oh, we get to see everything that. Like, okay, this was I wasn't expecting to see any of this until season three of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. not in the middle of the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Mm. Um. So I was very happy to see all that stuff. You know, uh, Boba Fett never been at the top of my favorite Star Wars character lists. Not like some people, you know, who was like, oh my god, he's the best, you know, the greatest bounty hunter, uh, badass, all this stuff. Which, you know, if you look, watch the movies and watch everything we've seen, that's never really, like, you know, in the movies, he didn't do much. But that's why yeah. he became popular, because he was this mysterious guy standing there that was warned by Darth Vader, no disintegrations this time, right? Like... And then in the in the even in Clone Wars we see him as this moody teenager running around with um, a bunch of bounty hunters learning the, to be a bounty hunter 
because his father died. Um, so we never really got this, you know, this impression that he was supposed to be this great character. Um, the flashbacks with the Sand People, uh, the you know the Tuscan Raiders, and his then growing and new appreciation for them, and the world of Tatooine itself, um, I, I liked. I enjoyed that story, and. Uh, Oh, I guess I can see that with you know with that happening, what happened there is why he decided to come back, and you know, well, his old and his old ties to Jabba, and that whole area. Now he feels, you know, I'm tired of dying for other people, or possibly trying to almost dying for other people, being eaten alive by giant, you know, pit monsters for other people. Mm. I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to do what I want, and be a different mob boss. A kinder, gentler mob boss, <laughs> and so I was fine with him trying to do that. I kind of half was waiting for it to like blow up in his face and him have to be more like a jab of the hut. Now we never got there, but uh, and like Kevin said, watching him ride around on a rancor, <laughs> you know, swiping at people and eating eating people, that was great. Uh, yeah. We got a King Kong. Oh no, not a King Kong. Uh, yeah, a King Kong. Sorry, the King Kong moment where he's like leaning off of the the building and stuff. I half expected that like, some droid or something to come flying by, like a, like a biplane from the SWAT ad or something. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed the series. It was a nice little holdover until we get uh, a full Mandalorian season. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to more Mando. I'm looking forward to everything else that they're going to give us. Um, like Kevin, you know, I and I do agree with Kevin as far as the, you know, when they give us something new, it seems to to, to land better than when they try to explain things. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I uh, I enjoyed it, but I like Star Wars, so I'm biased. <laughs> Jen. Anything to add? Um, no, I agree mostly. I I feel like they did they did it with with Darth Vader and they did it with Boba Fett, but it seems like they they try to take the mystery the mystery out of the characters by explaining every detail about their past. And you know, sometimes you just need a character to be mysterious. It's like you, you know, you don't really I mean in the prequels I didn't feel like I needed to know that Boba Fett was a baby and and watch him grow up and in this movie, I didn't really need... To, I really, really enjoyed the cultural aspects of the Tusken Raiders. But, again, I didn't really feel like I needed to see everything about him, how he survived the Sarlacc pit and all that stuff. Like, I feel like it could have been done as one episode of The Mandalorian Season 3 if they really wanted to have Boba Fett be part of the series. But mm-hmm. what I imagine is that this whole season is going to be setting, like, it's going to be important in The Mandalorian, him running most, is it Mos Espa that he's writing? Or Mos Eisley? Mos Espa. Mos Espa, yeah. It's going to be important later on in The Mandalorian that, you know, Mando has an ally writing Mos Espa. And I think that was the whole point of this. Which is, again, I'm like, I didn't feel like they needed to do that. You could have just done it as a throwaway episode in The Mandalorian, personally. (laughs) Um I, I liked the ending. I fa- I thought the big fight scene at the end was really awesome. Um, and I liked that uh, um, Mando came back and Grogu came back and Grogu picked his, Grogu picked his daddy. I was like, I'm so excited. He's so cute. 
Um, I, yeah, I liked the Rancor. I felt bad that he kept getting hit. I'm like, poor little Rancor. Mm-hmm. Also, when he did, he end up going back to the to the palace after that, or did he just run off? No, he went to sleep. Oh, right. And Grogu, Grogu put, put him, him to sleep. sleep. Oh, and then Grogu crawled up next to him and went to sleep, and it was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and they were the new bestest friends ever. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome if, like, going forward now, Grogu's riding this giant ass Rancor? <laughs> That'll be in a few years when uh, both Mandalorian and uh, and uh, Boba Fett have both died, and Grogu is like you know a hundred and something. He's now he's inherited the crime. He's in charge now on in Mos Espa. Yeah, it's kind of like that. The uh, the meme from what's that Tom Hanks movie called? Which it was way like, more specific. I'm the captain. Philadelphia. Now. Oh. 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 Yes, <laughs> it's it's just Grogu looking at us, and I am the Star Wars now. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed the show, not as much as uh, the other two seasons of The Mandalorian, um, and I'm I'm curious to see where it's gonna go. I, I mean, I don't. It's gonna have a second season, but again, I'm like, what what what's the second season gonna be about? Oh, is it? Have they announced a second season of Boba Fett? I thought they did. I could be yep. wrong. Yeah, no, it's on its way. Yeah, what the hell is that going to be about? It's just going to be him wandering around Moses. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry. Nodding? See, this is where I get mixed up. Is there going to be a second season of Boba Fett? No, that hasn't been announced. I was oh. thinking of the Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorian 3 is coming, but... Oh, okay. So I well, get my news from Brent, so that's why I was mistaken. No. <laughs> The Pikes, though, the off-world Pikes could come back looking for revenge. I don't think so, because the Pikes aren't about that kind of loyalty. They're about money. And if there's no money in it for them, they're not going to bother. Yeah. Like, they're not vengeful so much as cost-driven. And so as soon as they figure out, yeah, nope, there's no more money to be made here, they're not going to go back. Although the Huts could try to reclaim it, so I guess you could have an episode or a season about the Huts trying to come back. But I'm like, meh, we'll see. <laughs> I don't care that much. I'm glad that, um, what's his face didn't die? Um, the oh, Marshall? Marshall. Yeah, the Marshall. Yeah. He's going to be part robot now, but at least he's not dead. Yep. But he just got hit in the shoulder, so, hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's got a new shoulder. He's got a new shoulder. Yeah. New shoulder. New collarbone. I wish that the mod squad had had more personality, like that they had names and yeah. speaking roles, except for the girl whose name I don't know. Like, I, I wish there had been a bit more character development with that. I hear you. Yeah. The well, thing that uh, one thing that I, I'm totally done with and over is people complaining about about that the little gang and. Their colored motorbikes and I love their colored motorbikes. The different things that you know, the people that really get nitpicky and say, "Yeah, so you know, they all these soldiers, you know, these people in this, this gang, they're fighting one dead end to run away to get away from it, to then run back and end up in another dead end, and just you know, the, these robots that, that are race shielded and they just keep shooting at them. Why? Why aren't they trying something different? They just keep getting in dead ends and shooting at these robots with shields and not trying something different. It's like it's a TV show. But, 
It's how about the guy who insisted on doing a backflip before firing his blaster? Yeah. And that too. <laughs> well, that's the thing is Whatever. like they've never they've never been in a war. They've never been in this kind of a fight. They're they're thugs. They're used to like you know ganging up on one or two other thugs and beating them up. They're they've never been yeah. in a shootout. How exactly. are they supposed to know how to react? And they're farmers, the moisture farmers, living out in free in what free land. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. Um, if uh, what's his face, Cad Bane hadn't gone and shot the marshal, then the the free town people probably wouldn't have showed up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he caused them to come, which I was like, ha, serves you right. <laughs> is Cad Bane dead, or is he too popular to? Kill off. Uh, I think, I think he might be dead. Yeah, he's a, like like alien species in Star Wars aside. He's like eighty years old. True. Yeah. Well, Grogu's fifty. <laughs> yeah. I, don't he, know. I mean, he's an alien. Time has no meaning. Yep. At um, the end there, at first I thought we were going to see him in the back to tank. Yeah, yeah, you kind of wondered about that for a minute, but since they said they made it seem like the marshal was dead, not mm, just shot. Yeah. So, so but, what uh, did you think, Brett? Uh I'm kind of in the middle. Like there was definitely some good aspects to this show, and then there was others that, like, I don't think it was. You know, it's kind of like a a not so baked cookie. Like it, it, it's good at the end, but it could have stood a little bit more time in the oven, I think. And there, the ending, like it, it's one of those things that, like, it doesn't really like. It's not a cliffhanger, but at the same time, there wasn't really a lot left at that ending where you want to see more of what's happening, right? So, like, other than like Mando going into space and. Flying away on his Naboo starfighter. Was like, so cute. <laughs> I, I I do really like that moment of, of knock, knock, knock 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 no knock <laughs> knock knock no knock 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 fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'm curious what the whole idea behind this was. It's sort of like it really feels to me like it was one of those things of like like John Favreau and uh Robert Rodriguez went to Disney and went, We think we could do a, a Boba Fett show. And they went, Oh, no really? Oh, look, we got this hole in our schedule. Yeah, got till then. Uh we were thinking two years you have till then. Okay. <laughs> and then they just went and made it like as quickly as possible, which sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes you get okay. And I think that's what this was like. Um, it's not like the Mandalorian where I was clamoring to rewatch the first season after I finished it. Like it was right. one, not one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to go back and rewatch book of Boba Fett. Like, I, I think I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't awful by any stretch. I think it was, it was still pretty decent, but like, it's one of those things that, like, unless, like, in the next season of uh, uh, Mandalorian, where it starts tying a lot of these elements that were added into Book of Boba Fett, uh, like, 
like, oh, well, that this is because of that. And like, oh, and now I have to go back and rewatch that to see that. Unless something like that happens, I don't really foresee me rewatching the show. No. no. So I was just say, if uh, anything, you'll probably just rewatch through the, the Mandalorian episode. Yeah. yeah. With with all the stuff with the it's other Rogu. Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. Because you never have enough Rogu. So cute. So that's it for uh, the show kind of thing, which means we are on to Geek Picks. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right, then. Go first. I saw a movie. You did? did. I did. I watched Scream, the new version. Scream 2022. There's and? been that many Scream movies? <laughs> yes, there have been that many Scream movies. And a TV um, series. Yeah. Which is funny, they don't mention, of all the, they, they they do talk a lot about prequels and sequels and reboots and uh, soft reboots and stuff like this in this movie. And they make reference to the, you know, the ongoing stab movies that show up in their in their Yeah. And uh, but they didn't make any kind of reference of there being a stab TV show, much like there was of Scream. So I, I, I completely forgot there was a, a Scream TV series. Mm. But uh, if you enjoy, especially the like the, the early Screams, like the first couple, then mm. you'll enjoy this one. This one, it's like this is this is Ghostbusters Afterlife. This is uh, the Force Awakens of Scream. To the point where they even make references to those type of movies in this movie. Uh, and get all meta about how audiences, you know, you can't just, you know, reboot a franchise anymore. That audiences won't stand for it. That you have to continue on in the existing world and bring back key, you know, some familiar people to keep it going. Otherwise, you know, fans will revolt and will reject it. And mm. what do they do? They bring back familiar, you know, uh, Nev Campbell, uh, Courtney Cox and uh, David Arquette are all brought back for this movie and, and, and play parts in it. Uh, you know, different size roles for the diff- different characters depending on when they should come into the movie. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. I enjoyed it. I had an idea on who the killers might be, but then I kept, you know, there's enough things going back and forth. They won't really know that's too obvious. It can't be them or this or that. And so, you know, you have fun guessing who it's going to be and waiting for the jump scares. Uh, there's a few times they tease a jump scare and you're waiting for it, and then, you know, nothing happens. I think there's one point they do this, like, you know, the whole rule of three, right? There's some opens, you know, they're in the basement by themselves. And they open the fridge door. And you're expecting, oh, when they close the door, there's going to be a killer. And then there's nobody there. <laughs> and then they open the fridge door again for some reason. And you're like, oh, oh, they're, oh, and they close it, and then there's nobody there. And then they do it a third time. <gasps> And then there's actually somebody there, but it's not, you know, it's not the killer. It's just somebody there just being, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so it's fun. There's blood. There's ghost face people, you know, getting beat up and beating up on people. So, 
if you enjoyed Scream, you will enjoy Scream. <laughs> I have never seen Scream, nor do I really want to. Oh, Jen, you should. Yeah, Jen's it's kind not of a horror movie person. So. I wouldn't I call Scream horror movies, though. And there is some stabbing. Yeah, it's the yeah you know, they're they're slasher they're slasher flicks, but I wouldn't call it a horror. It's not they're not scary. I I don't they're like violent. horror movies either, but I have seen the first Scream movie and I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, like they're violent movies, but I wouldn't say it's like scary. Yeah, but it also doesn't appeal to me at all. <laughs> well, there's, then there's that. That's a whole different yeah. thing. <laughs> There you go. There's my pick. All right. Kevin or Jen? Okay. Well, um, you know I have been making my way through the through the, the list. And um, as I mentioned earlier, I've been watching a lot of cartoon series. Um, in 1990, the three big after-school shows were all, start, all started with the letter T. There was the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Tailspin, and the Tiny Toon Adventures. All fun shows. <laughs> I quite enjoy all three of those shows. But the show that I just watched before we recorded uh, that I'd like to bring up is The Flash. Uh, so I watched the pilot of The Flash this evening, uh, and uh, it still holds up pretty well. Um, the effects are decent for 1990. You can very much tell that the reason there is a Flash TV series in 1990 is because Batman was a huge, 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 huge movie in 1989. And mm -hmm. uh, The Flash is taking its cues from that show. Um, John Wesley Shipp is a great lead. He's a, you know, all-American square-jawed hero type. Uh, we, we got the origin story in the pilot. We got the, the reason he's become a hero is because his brother gets killed by a motorcycle gang that's taking over Central City. Uh, we've got attractive leads, uh, fun effects. Remember back in the early 90s when every every TV TV show or movie that has was genre-related at all had to do that thing where their logo went up across the moon? It happens yeah. in Flash. There's a lightning blast, a lightning oh, bolt, really? and it goes right across the full moon, just like the bat plane did in Batman and E.T. flew across the moon in, in that film. Hmm. So, uh, you know, there's some cheesy goodness in it, too. Um, uh, they, it's just fun. It's just fun. Uh, it lasted 20 episodes, so there's only one season of it, but I am looking forward to digging into the rest of the run to see if it holds up. Uh, to the pilot, so I have a f I have a feeling it fizzles out at, towards the end of the series. <laughs> well, they start bringing in actual supervillains by the by the middle yeah. of the run. Uh, Mark Hamill does appear as Trickster. Mm -hmm. This is sort of proto Joker, um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing that. I know Captain Cold shows up at some point, um, and this was the era of the Flash where. Uh, his body needed a lot of energy to create the speed, so he had to eat large quantities of food, and you have to wonder how he had enough money to, um, to eat that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, it's it's fun. It does its best to, uh, to uh, make sense of a ridiculous um, uh, superhero premise. So, Have you ever seen that animated short that they did? Where uh, the Joker and the Trickster kidnap Mark Hamill? 
Yes, I believe I have. That's a good choice, though. I, uh, um, on like sort of like a weird personal note, I always have a fondness for that show because yeah. that was a show my dad and I watched together, which there wasn't many of those. Well, um, it, and it like to be on YouTube if you'd like to watch it, or if you want to own it, it is pretty cheap to buy at Walmart because that's where I got my copy of. Excellent, it. excellent. I think it, I think you can pretty much get the entire season for like twenty bucks. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, I it, it was it's weird. The two shows that my dad and I watched together, at, I'm not sure where they fit in the timeline of things, were The Flash, and the only thing my dad like could never quite get wrap his head around a little bit was the fact that like the car aesthetic is really weird. Like all the cop cars seem to be like out of the 40s, but yet everybody is driving Ford Tauruses. Mm-hmm. Um. But there was that, and uh, Briscoe County Jr. was the other show. Oh, yes, that was a fun show, too. Which I I love that show. uh, Good pick. Jen, what's your pick? Um, So I've been a little bit addicted to buying Barbies. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I really got it. That's why we need a Patreon, though. I was lying. We don't have a house anymore. It's just made out of Mattel boxes. It's covered in Barbies. Uh, it is covered in Barbies. I'm running out of display. No, it's, it's, just your, it's your Barbie dream house. You it just... is. I actually got a fantastically super awesome deal on a Barbie that I have never thought I'd be able to own because it's, she's very uh, expensive right now. But I got her out of box and without her stand, but with everything else. So I'm really happy. And it is the Lady of the White Woods Barbie doll. So she's from the Far Away Forest collection. So uh, the way that some of these collector dolls are organized is that they come out with collections of themed dolls. And so there's usually like four, three to four dolls uh, in that theme. Um, And back in uh, 2015, before I was collecting, otherwise I would have bought them new, they came out with this uh, Far Away Forest collection. So it's like, mythical uh outfits so they have this lady of the white woods they have um a water sprite they have an elf uh they have a dark queen that i would love to get my hands on and then a couple of other ones in that collection so i managed to get the lady of the white woods and she's so pretty oh i'm looking at her on amazon right now (gasps) she's so pretty so um i will post pictures of her up on my instagram at uh uh, dolls and ponies at dolls and ponies um i haven't put them up yet but by the time this uh, episode airs i'm sure i will have put up some pictures of her um i was just looking for it to see if you had to put pictures up yet or not <laughs> nope not yet but i will and uh yeah so my geek pick is uh this absolutely gorgeous barbie doll that i'm super happy i got at a really good price and now i need to get the rest of them at an equally good price which is going to be tricky <laughs> On Amazon, it's listed at uh, a lot of money. Yes, I did not get her for that much money. I got her for significantly less, which is why I'm so excited and why I will not get the rest of the collection at that price. (laughs) No. But maybe, you know, half of the fun of toy collecting is the hunt. So I am on the hunt for this one and the rest of them. Uh, And Rose Petal plays dolls. That's the other thing I've been on the hunt for lately. (laughs) 
But, you know, keeps it interesting. We got to start going to toy shows again. I miss toy shows. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to start having, well, there's one coming up in March. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and Brent, there's also a, uh, a Toronto Comic-Con in March. For, uh, Ooh, yeah. Yes. Um, and Sunday is Sailor Moon theme, so I'm going to that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I am tentatively tip, dipping my toe back into hosting. Oh, did you talk to... Uh, you, that's good. You, did you hear back from them then? Yeah, I, I spoke to uh, my uh, contact within the organization, and he, the, he uh, is looking at having me in, so... Good. Um, it's a smaller con, so I wasn't quite sure because they don't have quite as many things to do, and maybe I just won't have that many things to do. Um, the the only thing that I'm a little bit nervous about now is honestly is uh, when I said, "Yeah, I'd, I'd like to do it," because I figured it was a good way of getting my feet wet before, like, saying, "Hey, like, uh, hey, can I do fan expo kind of thing?" Because yep. that's uh, that's a pretty big that's a sort bigger. of. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, then our, our uh, provincial government, in their infinite wisdom, decided to uh, say, uh, "What's COVID?" and uh, <laughs> slowly getting rid of every restriction. So no, no, I'm no, now like a say, little like I don't they, know. But they didn't say what's COVID. They said, "You know what? We're all bored of COVID, so we're going to pretend it's not here anymore." Yeah. Which we will see the results of that next fall. Yay. Um, anyways, um, for my geek picks, I've got two. Uh, one is I picked up the, uh, latest trade, um, to tie into something we were talking about earlier, Moon Knight. Uh, this one's called the Midnight, the Midnight Mission, uh, written by Jed McKay, uh, drawn by Alessandro Copaccio, I think is how you pronounce it, with, uh, covers from, uh, the awesome Steve McNiven. For six issues of the new Moon Knight series, and Moon Knight has set up uh, what he is calling the Midnight Mission because he's kind of like the the priest of priest of Conchu, and uh, he discovers that he might not be the only priest that Conchu has running around in the world. So it's a uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting, and they're pulling in the one of the things I like about it is they're pulling in different aspects of Moon Knight's. Uh, previous backstory and stuff like that, like his time on West Coast Avengers, because uh, Tigra shows up in one of the issues. And, and like, they start talking about some some stuff, and it's interesting. It's It's been a good run so far, and I'm curious to see what the next trade is. My second thing is... Um, it's a little bit more personal for, uh, for our show. Uh, Mr. Jay Fosgett, who we have had on numerous times has started up a, uh, it's not daily, but it's pretty regular of like a traditional style comic strip uh, in terms of format that he's been posting them on his Facebook page and Instagram called Junk Drawer Comics. And they're just these like kind of like one-off ideas that he has that he does like a full like comic strip out of. Like the latest Ooh. one is a about... Uh, a robot that has like an electric razor for a head meeting a girl at what looks to be kind of like a robot bar of sorts. There's been others about like illegal food smuggling. 
Um, there's one about him and Tuck Bodkins and why it's comics are cheaper than therapy. <laughs> they're good. I've been yeah, following them on Instagram. They're, they're pretty funny. There, there's one where there's like this great buildup of this girl riding a bike only to be crushed by a cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a very good punchline. It's if you know Jay, none of these things surprise you at all. But it's uh, I like it when somebody gets to like flex their creative muscles and do something like kind of fun and not necessarily for money or anything, just kind of for for themselves. And uh, from talking to Jay, I think the plan is to eventually collect them into like uh, a a collection of sorts that he'll sell at conventions and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, uh, as, as everybody knows, we, we like Jay on the show. So that I just thought we'd mm. throw that there. That brings us to the very end of this episode and plugs. What's everybody doing in terms of shows and Instagrams and stuff, Kevin. Uh, so we've had a run of cool interviews on galaxy class lately. So uh, uh, in addition to some other cool stuff we've been doing, there's a great interview with the makeup artist who designed the Borg Queen in Star Trek First Contact a couple episodes ago. So I I highly recommend you go and check out our feed on Galaxy Class if you are interested in Star Trek at all. Um, Stage Whispers is back and running, and uh, it's good because live theater is back up and running, and I'm in a play. So uh, I'm sure you'll hear about it lots in the upcoming months, but uh, I will be doing a show called Disaster the Musical in uh, May at the South Simcoe Theatre in Cookstown. So um, that will be fun as well. So those are my plugs for the moment. All righty. Ryan. Oh, well, uh, you can hear me and Ed Campbell talk uh, toys on Tales from Collectiverse, uh, which, uh, sadly, we're, uh, we haven't put out this month's episode yet. Uh, we're running a week behind uh, because, well, work. Ed's on the road, so we haven't been able to get together to talk toys. Uh, but with this, uh, next episode should be out following this episode, so later this week. Um, and then you can find us on Tales from Collectiverse on uh, Instagram, where we post pictures of our latest purchases and finds, do some videos and unboxings, and uh, all kinds of fun. And uh, as a slight teaser for the upcoming episode, I've seen the pile of toys that you have for Ed. And I also <laughs> know that uh, Ed might be bringing back a pile of toys, so there should be some interesting conversation from it. Oh yeah, no, that uh, our our uh, our topic of conversation. Well, other than you know, commenting on just the state of toys at the moment, um, we'll be uh, kind of talking. I think mostly about like Ed's Ed's road trip and what he found, what he saw, what he bought, and yeah, all that kind of fun. So tune in. Jen, what goes on with your dolls and your Instagrams? Uh, kind of already did my little plug, but uh, if you want to see what kind of fun toys I've been collecting and, and taking pictures of, you can follow me at Dolls and Ponies. Um, I got my photo box up and running with lights and everything. Oh, good. Uh, you found some lights for it? Yeah, it almost crushed me to death, but we're all good now. Um, <laughs> that's another story. So I just got to, the background is orange and I don't know if I like it. So I got to figure out a different background, but 
photo box. You can see the pictures that I posted. I put just put up some new Barbie pictures not too long ago with the photo box and the new lighting, and it looks pretty awesome in my opinion. So yeah, uh, check out my toys at Dolls and Ponies. And as for me, you can find me on uh, Mixcloud under Black Donnelly Radio. My show, The Dark Side, still going. Uh, this past episode, we just did a happy birthday salute to Mr. Peter Hook, who is the bass player for Joy Division and New Order. So that a lot of both of those bands were being played on the episode. So some cool stuff there, if that's your thing. And you can always find me on True North Nerds for which we now have a Patreon, in case you missed it earlier in the episode. The address again is, Jen? Patreon.com slash True North Nerds. So if you uh, feel like helping us out, please go there and throw us a couple bucks. Um, If uh, you don't have the money to spare, completely get it, understand. Um, If you could, go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, one of the wherever you are listening to the show, and just give us a good review. That, that that will help a little bit too. Get us in the algorithm a little bit more, and maybe other people will give us money. So um, that's <laughs> it for this show. Uh, the next episode. Are we in Batman territory? For I that believe one? we might be in Batman territory. Depending on when we record and when we release. It's, uh, uh, yes. Who knows if it'll be all four of us for it, but uh, it'll definitely be a couple of us. We'll see it. Uh, So until then, uh, stay as happy and healthy as you can, and uh, we will talk to you in a while. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at truenorthnerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. Thank you.